0: SECTION 37 OF JOURNAL OF THE REVEREND FRANCIS Asbury, VOLUME 3. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. RECORDING BY BRIAN KEENAN SABBATH 14, A serene day, and my mind is tranquil. I preached at Dudley's Chapel. We dined with kind Mr. Elliot, whose father was a benefactor to this chapel. After dinner and prayer we hasted to the head of Chester, where I preached in Mr. Farrell's house. It appeared as if the whole town came out to hear. Lodged at Christopher Spry's. Monday dined with Mr. Brooke at Middletown and baptized his child. God was present. I have lately been truly blessed in my soul and in my labours. A poor afflicted widow called on me. For what do I live but to do good and to teach others so to do both by precept and example. Tuesday I preached at Salem and met the Society. It is a day of rest and peace. Wednesday I preached at Newport in the forenoon and at night at Wilmington. Thursday gave the inhabitants of Darby a discourse, dined at Lewis's, and came on to the city to meet letters, preachers, and troubles. Saturday. We opened our conference today. Pennsylvania, Sabbath 21. I preached at Ebenezer and in St. George's Chapel. Monday, 29. Our conference adjourned. There were no complaints nor grounds for any. There was preaching, as usual, to large congregations, and there were manifestations of the power of God, especially at St. George's. I visited Landreth at his shrubbery. This is a pious English family. Dr. Logan called upon me. He is lately returned from England. He speaks favorably of my nation. Wednesday, May 1. I preached at Germantown. Doctors Rush and Physick paid me a visit. How consoling it is to know that these great characters are men fearing God. I was much gratified, I I ever am, by their attentions, kindness, and charming conversation. Indeed, they have been of eminent use to me and I acknowledged their services with gratitude. Thursday I preached at Holmesburg. There was a great rain, yet many people attended. We went forward to Mr. Thompson's through the rain, the effects of which I felt in the evening. I preached nevertheless. Friday at Bensalem Chapel I preached to a small congregation, dined with Father Rodman, and continued forward to Bristol, where I preached in the evening. After forty years of patient labor, the work of God has broke forth gloriously in Bucks County, and many doors are now open to receive us. Saturday I preached at John Bailey's, Marlborough. After meeting we rode on to Mahanan's at the Swamp, where we had a crowded evening meeting. Sabbath 5. I preached under an apple tree, came into Newtown. The place was crowded with people who came in to see a lady dipped. But she was sick, and the curious were disappointed. At seven o'clock I preached in the courthouse. This labor shall not be in vain. I lodged with lawyer Hugh Ross, now a Methodist preacher. Monday 6. I preached to a few people at W. Weryl's. Toil, toil. Murmuring flesh, be still. OUR RIDE HAS BEEN THROUGH EXCESSIVE RAIN TODAY. TUESDAY 7 WE STARTED AND CAME TO HENKEL'S TAVERN AND DINED. WENT FORWARD TO JOHN Purcell's, WHERE I FOUND A CROWDED HOUSE. I PREACHED AND THE TRUTH WAS DEEPLY FELT BY SOME. I HAVE PROCLAIMED THE TRUTH TO MANY SOULS LATELY, AND I FEEL THE EFFECT OF MY LABORS. MY REWARD IS WITH MY GOD. New Jersey, Wednesday, 8. Crossed the Delaware and sat down in Godly schoolroom and taught the people. My subject was Acts 3, 26. Thursday, 9. We came to Asbury, and I preached and added a special exhortation. Were it not for the brewing and drinking miserable whiskey, Asbury Town would be a pleasant place. Friday to James Egbert's. Bethel Chapel has been bought and refitted for the Methodists. I preached in it. I am unknown in Jersey, and ever shall be, I presume. After forty years' labor, we have not ten thousand in membership. Saturday, eleven. At Philip Cummings's, Sussex County. I preached for them. A damp, cold ride of seven miles brought us to Albertsons. Sabbath, twelve. I preached to a crowded house at Union Chapel. Twenty-three years ago, I preached here. The Moravian brethren are almost extinct. Monday, 13. I preached at the Stone Church. Tuesday, 14. I preached at Father Andrew Freeman's. Wednesday, 15. I preached at Sussex Courthouse and felt as if my labor was not in vain. The minds of the people were open for the reception of the truth. We went to Lockwood, and at eight o'clock I preached in Jonathan Hunt's meeting house. Thursday, 16. We had a heavy ride to Father Lorsnatz, and such another to Morristown, and a third to the Turkey Hills, where I preached. I have met the societies generally. New York, Sunday, 19. As we were preparing to go to the house of God, a dreadful fire broke out, consuming about one hundred houses. I preached to some serious sisters in John Street. I officiated at Greenwich in the new chapel after dinner. Thursday 23. Ordained Deacons. Bishop M. Kendry preached. Sabbath 26. I preached in the African Church, as also in the New and in the Bowery Church. I met the societies in each place of worship. Father Blackborn's case occupied us two days. He was taken into the connection and ordained a deacon, although he brought no recommendation to us from the British or any other conference. Tuesday 28. Conference ceased their labors. There was little trouble in the business of appointments. Stationed 87, superannuated 2, and supernumeraries 5. Increase about 300. There were three preachers sent to other conferences. Return to thy rest, O my soul. The society in New York has increased. Our chapels are neat, and their debt is not heavy. They wish to rebuild John Street Church, and to build a small house at the two-mile stone. So frequent are the visits of the people to talk or to do business, that I have not time to think or to pray scarcely. I bear it all patiently. I preached at the two-mile stone and retired to George Suckley's. I resemble my master in one thing. I cannot be hid. They find me out. Saturday, June 1. A very warm ride to Sherwood's. I feel nothing like fretfulness. I am willing to listen patiently, and endure all things. Sabbath two. At Sherwood's Chapel I preached, and also to the Society at New Rochelle. I was divinely assisted in my labors this day. It is a day of calm and liberty to my soul. Monday. Twenty-five miles to Governor Courtland's at the mouth of Croton. I preached at four o'clock. It was a day of militia training. This circumstance, and a failure of early notice, gave me a thin congregation. Ah, what need of watchfulness in the houses of the rich, lest we defile our own souls and more than lose our labor. Tuesday I felt divine liberty whilst preaching at Town. We lodged with Samuel Wilson, wealthy and kind. At Lemuel Cliffs, another man of wealth. Here I preached on Wednesday. On Thursday I preached in the new chapel, Paulingtown. We lodged with Captain Pierce, a man of open mind and generous soul. Friday we took the road to Nysa's, dined, and went forward to Amenia. Saturday, peace, rest, love. Sabbath 9. I preached at George Ingram's. There were many people although the morning was rainy. I met the Society after some exhortations had been given. There has been, and will yet be, a work in this town. They have built a new chapel. Lanceforth Whiting, appointed to the Western Circuit, in returning from conference at New York, was taken with smallpox, and died at Poughkeepsie. He was solemn in deportment, and very pious. He has gone to an early crown. How many triumphant witnesses for Jesus have passed away before my eyes, I might almost say, within the last forty years. Monday I preached at Thomas Haywood's. It was a blessed season. Great accommodations in this part of the world. Our preachers will do well to take heed. Stephen Sorenberger was above his work, so he let another take his station. I read Adam Clark and am amused as well as instructed. He indirectly unchristianizes all old bachelors. Woe is me! It was not good that Adam should be alone for better reasons than any that Adam Clark has given. How will our commentator comment on Isaiah 56, 3-5? On 1 Corinthians seven, seven, eight, seventeen, twenty seven, thirty two, thirty-four, 8, 17, 27, 32, 34? And will he not need great skill to manage well for his purpose, Matthew nineteen twelve. It may be the indispensable duty of some men and women to marry. The necessity, or the peculiarity of circumstances which would impose this as a duty, or only allow it as an indulgence, who is to judge of? The parties themselves? Could they be out of the body a while, we might allow them to be umpires in their own cases." Adam does not seem to take into the account Mrs. Clark so much as the wife. Will he always marry as often as the law will allow? Tuesday at Hillsdale Chapel, I preached and met the Society. We lodged at Reed's, an old member from New York. We rode thirty miles to Lenox in Massachusetts, passing Barrington and Stockbridge. I preached at eight o'clock. Here are walls of opposition to be leveled before we can hope for success. Lodged at Mr. Whiting's. Thursday, Pittsfield. We have ridden two hundred miles since we left New York, and have preached every day. And the preachers there are hardly starting to their stations. But they have wives. I preached in the chapel, and the truth was felt. Friday I preached at Lenox in the evening. Saturday, we came through Bennington to Ashgrove. Vermont, Sabbath 16. I preached in the chapel. Bishop M. Kendry also preached. I also preached at Mr. Nicholas's. Our labors shall not all be lost. Monday came on to Salem and lodged in Wells. Tuesday to Pittsfield. Wednesday, a heavy ride of 20 miles brought us to Barnard's. Here have been many locations, and serious failures of duty. We began our conference on Thursday, worked with great expedition, and finished in four days and a half. There was a general fast on Friday, and deacons ordained. On the Sabbath I preached to about three thousand people. Some of them were wild enough. On Monday I ordained the elders. George Pickering preached. We disposed of eighty-seven preachers, and each man took his station at once, and without hesitancy, like a man of God. Tuesday we came away, as conference broke up at twelve o'clock. At one o'clock many of those hardy soldiers of the Lord Jesus were all ready to horse, and their faces set to the wilds, or wherever else their duty called them. On Wednesday we crossed the Grand Mountain, and came into Middleburg. Here is College Craft and priestcraft. We have a respectable little society of about twenty members, but no chapel. I preached in the courthouse. I have moved a subscription to build a house sixty-four by forty-four feet, on the lot fronting the college. The Lord will visit Middleburg. Thursday started a appealing storm for Vergen. Friday we came to Charlotte and crossed Lake Champlain to Sable River we were welcomed by John Morehouse. Saturday, busy writing, and occasionally reading. New York, Sabbath 30. I preached in the new chapel to one thousand souls, I presume. It was a gracious time. The Spirit gave and applied the Word. I hastened to Plattsburgh to fill an appointment at four o'clock, where I preached in a very commodious tavern room. The Word was great by the power of God, although delivered in weakness of body. The heat and the labor almost overcame me. Road five miles in the evening to Burdock. Monday, July 1. Breakfasted with William Mitchell and dined with Henrik Johnson. We have made 42 miles through open woods and over desperate roads. Tuesday dined at French Mills. Heat, heat. At the Indian village I led my horse across the pole bridge. Careful as I was, he got his feet in an opening, and sunk into mud and water. Away went the bags, books and clothes wet, and the horse yet fast. We pried with a pole at the stern, and he, by making a desperate effort at the same time, plunged forward, and came out. The mosquitoes were not idle whilst we were busy. We got to the town and saw their elegant church. At eight o'clock we set sail and crossed the St. Lawrence by rowing. The river here is three miles wide. We rode through Cornwall in the night and came to Evan Roy's, making forty-four miles for the day's journey. It is surprising how we make nearly fifty miles a day over such desperate roads as we have lately traveled. We lose no time. Ah, why should we? it is so precious. My strong affection for the people of the United States came with strange power upon me whilst I was crossing the line. I suffer much from my lame feet and the great heat, and no small inconvenience because I had not been instructed how to prepare my mind and body for the change I discover on this side. Tuesday I preached and again on Wednesday. We rode along the banks of the river, They are neatly and pleasantly improved. We dined with Stephen Bailey and went from thence with Brother Glassford in his calash. I asked him how we were to get out if we upset. His answer was actual experiment. The saplings on the side of the path broke the fall, so that we escaped unhurt. Thursday on the opposite shore they are firing for the 4th of July. What have I to do with this waste of powder? I passed the pageantry of the day unheeded on the other side. Why should I have new feelings in Canada? Friday I preached at the German settlement. I was weak in body, yet greatly helped in speaking. Here is a decent, loving people. My soul is much united to them. I called upon Father Dolmage, and on Brother Hicks, a branch of an old Irish stock of Methodists in New York. I lodged at David Brackenridge's, above Johnston. Saturday we rode twelve miles for our breakfast. Reached Elizabethtown. Our ride has brought us through one of the finest countries I have ever seen. The timber is of a noble size. The cattle are well-shaped and well-looking. The crops are abundant, on a most fruitful soil. Surely this is a land that God the Lord hath blessed. Upper Canada sunday seven i rose in pain we have a large unfinished house in which we congregated for love feast at eight o'clock and sacrament i could not speak long we had about one thousand souls together monday we took the path to mallory's where we dined and continued on to baldwin's and from thence to Joel stones at the mouth of kennedaguck the pain in my foot is so severe that i cannot much enjoy the great kindness of these people Tuesday a heavy ride brought me to Elias Delmage's. My foot is much inflamed, and my whole body disordered. Wednesday I preached in the new chapel at Kingston. I have applied a poultice to my foot. I must do something to hasten a cure, or I shall scarcely reach conference in time. Wrote six letters. Reading. Amongst the rest, Mr. Wesley's sermon on If the Light Which is in Thee Be Darkness. If a rich, serious young lady should marry a rich child of the devil, she would lose her light. And though she might not be willing to allow that it was extinguished, her pious friends would soon see in her naught but darkness. Why not marry a handsome young Methodist preacher? She would then have something for her money. She would have goodness. For after all, who are good, if not those who practice goodness, and who teach others so to do? But Mr. Wesley meant not this, for he knew, and so do I know, that it would scarcely be good for more than one of the parties. Few preachers, if any, have been as holy and useful in after as in former life, who have married rich women, and some have ended in apostasy. I write and read in great pain. Sunday, 14. I would not willingly be dumb so I sent round and got a congregation, to whom I preached at the chapel. I met the society and baptized two children. Alas for us, we want help. I learned from a conversation had with Catherine Detlor that Philip Embury died about two hundred miles from York. He was much esteemed by his neighbors and an esquire. He was a descendant of the Palatines who settled in Ireland. Most of those there and their offspring have given themselves to the Methodists. He injured himself by mowing, and died somewhat suddenly, aged forty-five, greatly loved, and much lamented. Monday we must away, and leave good houses, Grand Roman Catholic Church, Episcopal Church, and Kingston, with its garrison and great guns. We might go by land, cross three ferries, and travel desperate roads or we might take the packet for Sackett's Harbor. We chose the latter. A tremendous passage we had. We arrived at two o'clock next day. Here we dined, and set forward in a heavy thunder shower. When we stopped, I must preach. I begged it might be at six o'clock in the morning, for my swelled foot was very painful. Wednesday. I have passed a night of great pain and disquietude, occasioned by my foot and afflicted viscera. I preached at six o'clock and was blessed in my own soul. We rode on thirty-eight miles to Porter's Tavern, where we were well nursed and entertained. Friday, sore, lame, weary. I got safe to Paris. My spirit rejoiced with dear Bishop M. Kendry. He nursed me as if I had been his own babe. In all my toils and sufferings, I am thankful that I failed in only one appointment. Well, I have been in Canada and find it like all stations in the extremities. There are difficulties to overcome, and prospects to cheer us. Some of our laborers have not been so faithful and diligent as we could wish. Dr. Coke says 1,500 miles in nine weeks. I may say 1,600 miles in 60 days. He writes me that Parliament, by some other act, is about to explain the Toleration Act, and that the dissenters have taken the alarm. This is exactly what the Establishment have had for some time, and no marvel, whilst the Methodists are laboring, by night and day, from village to village, through the whole United Kingdoms. Saturday we opened the Genesee Conference. We passed thirty-eight characters. New York, Sunday 21. I preached in the woods at 10 o'clock and again at 2 o'clock. Bishop M. Kendry, Brothers Ostrander, Ryan, Kelsey, and Paddock also preached. There might be 2,000 people who were very attentive. It is said the wise men in your conference have discovered that it will be far better to elect the presiding elders in conference and give them the power of stationing the preachers. I suppose we shall hear more of this. Friday 26th. Conference rose. All went on at fair sitting smoothly. The elections came on, and there was some disposition manifested to reject the Canadians and presiding elders. The stations were received in great peace. We have about 40 most pleasing young men. There are 663 on the present minutes. We came away to Bridgewater. Saturday reached New Berlin, and lodged with Matthew Cookin. If the preachers take any specific power, right, or privilege, from the bishops which the General Conference may have given them, it is clear that they dissolve the whole contract. Sabbath 28. At Matthew Cookin's. There was no house with a room large enough, so we took to the woods. About five hundred most attentive people listened, whilst I expounded First 1 Corinthians 1, 29-31. I was long and loud. My bowels are in a bad state, and I am feverish. But I bless the Lord that when I cannot stand I can lean upon a table and declare his truth. Monday crossed Jericho Bridge over the Susquehanna, four miles below the mouth of Unadilla. We came into Samuel Banks's before a rain began to fall. I feel, very sensibly, the least irregular motion of my horse whether of start or stumble. I must needs preach. We had about forty men, women, and children to hear us. Tuesday we rode thirty miles. I preached in the evening at eight o'clock at my host's, Jonas Bush's. We got late to bed. I was in great suffering, but I felt that God is love. Wednesday we found shelter from the rain under the hospitable roof of Lawyer Cadden. Thursday, August one. At Brother Payne's I preached and administered the Lord's supper. My right foot is lame. Friday we came along the pleasant banks of Tochannock. My lame horse grows worse. We stopped at Dixon's, where I gave ninety dollars for a mare to supply the place of poor Spark, which I sold for twenty dollars. When about to start, he wickered after us. It went to my heart. Poor slave. How much toil has he patiently endured for me? We rested a few minutes at Father Holmes's, on our way to Keeler's Ferry. We lodged at Father Sutton's. I limped about, sung, talked, and prayed. Dear M. Kendry seemed to be low in spirits. Saturday came on to Kingston, and thence to Wyoming, stopping at Mr. Shoemaker's. We have made a journey of twelve hundred miles since leaving New York. My consolations exceedingly abound in God, though my sufferings be great. The eight conferences have furnished us with twenty-five dollars each, making two hundred dollars. Our expenses hitherto are one hundred and thirty dollars. End of section thirty-seven. Recording by Brian Keenan.